Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stack Geek. This is Behind the Steel Curtain. Dot com co-editor Dave Schofield coming at you on the first Thursday morning of the 2021 NFL League year. I guess it's the first morning period of the morning period. That's what some Steelers fans are going through. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself there. But it is the first morning of the 2021 NFL League year because it started Wednesday at 4 p.m. So I guess I get to go on as the first morning show of this new NFL season, although there's been plenty going on for some time. But uh, it's funny I mentioned that, that I said morning period, because that's kind of what some Steelers fans are going through. Uh, some of them are, are choosing to focus on those things. Some of them are trying to stay more optimistic. And unfortunately, those optimistic ones are told to be quiet <laughs> at times. So, but you know what? I'm still going to be here. I'm going to bring it to you uh, the way I normally do. Uh, going to talk some numbers. Uh, going to answer a question in the second half, uh, just because there's some numbers to talk about. Kind of as a general question from not one person specifically um, to, to start with, because it's all about what's the numbers with who the Steelers have signed? What's the numbers with who the Steelers have unfortunately lost. So these are some of the things we're going to be looking at here in, in this episode. We're going to look at uh, look at how all these salaries worked out and how everything's going with that, uh, both with the gains and the losses. It's kind of the question of, all right, why did the Steelers have to let this player go? Oh, that's why. 
or really they let him go for that. Um, kind of let you be the judge of that. I'll throw my opinions in a little bit and then we'll, we'll, we'll get to a, a, a playoff question in the second half. So let's dive right in right now and say, all right, well, what's happened so far with the Steelers? We had Kevin Colbert sign his deal. That doesn't count towards the salary cap. So guess what? We don't care. Um, but the Steelers GM is, is now signed through the 2022 NFL draft. This is not the first time we will mention the 2022 NFL draft because those players that the Steelers lost in free agency are going to help possibly bring the Steelers up to four additional draft picks next year, depending on how things play out between now and the Monday following the draft. The reason it's the Monday following the draft is that is when um, all the free agent signings that count towards the compensatory formula are done. If you sign anyone after that, it doesn't count. So we'll get there in in a little bit when it comes to compensatory stuff as we go. But the Steelers made some decisions along the way. They did not give a restricted free agent tender to any of their restricted free agents. There was only two, although there was some reports that, that Gerald Hawkins was one. That is incorrect. He was not a restricted free agent. He was an unrestricted free agent the whole time. So the restricted free agents that the Steelers had were Ola Denier and Ray Ray McLeod. The Steelers did not tender either one of them because it was going to cost over $2 million for this season. And frankly, neither one of those players was worth that big of a salary for the Steelers to hold on to them in that manner. But what the Steelers did do was they signed Ray Ray McLeod to a one-year contract, which is reportedly $1 million. And the way that works is it's only one year. It all counts on the salary cap. There it is. That's the, that's the deal. So Ray Ray McLeod locked in. The Steelers also signed former Steelers center slash guard, BJ Finney. They signed him uh, to a one-year deal. And those financials have not been disclosed at this time. I'm I'm going on a limb to say I don't think they paid him more than they paid Ray Ray McLeod, in, in all honesty. He didn't play a single offensive snap for either the Seahawks or the Bengals last year. I'm hoping that the Steelers did not give him too much more than the league minimum that says, hey, come back. You got a year in Pittsburgh. You can prove it. Um, you know, you even have a ch- shot to, you know, ball out and get on the field, perhaps, if you're playing that well. And if you're not, then then you just made a, you know, about a league minimum salary is what I'm hoping that that it's coming in at. So I don't have the numbers for that one. It shouldn't really change the Steelers salary cap much because when you talk about roster displacement, which means, oh my goodness, my brother on the Scobro show did a great job of quickly summing up the whole notion of roster displacement, which is because only the top 51 players salary-wise count on your salary cap during the offseason, whenever a, a player signs a new deal that goes into that top 51, the person that was at number 51 drops out. So the only thing that counts towards the salary cap is the difference in those salaries, how much more it was. So um, I don't think with BJ Finney, I don't think that's going to really do much towards the salary cap there. So that was some moves. Let's let's stick with the pauses. Let's let's look at who the Steelers have signed since. Um, well, I'll just say 
in, in general, who they've signed because when, when the players played for the Steelers in 2020, they did not have to wait till the legal tampering period to sign a contract. They did not even have to wait till the beginning of the league year to sign the contract. They could do it right away. So the Steelers did manage to keep cornerback Cam Sutton, which with both Mike Hilton and Cam Sutton at the end of free agency, it was a wishful thinking. I had a way to where I said, you know, why don't you keep all your corner, your cornerbacks? You can extend both Nelson and Hayden. And with the money that you save, you could sign Hilton and Sutton and boom, there you go. Um, it didn't work out that way. They have not rescheduled, re-extended. <laughs> re- <laughs> it's not a restructure. It's an extension. They have not extended either of their cornerbacks. They haven't done an extension to pretty much anybody other than the whole Ben Roethlisberger void years thing. So I still think some of those are coming for the Steelers. It's the only way they're going to be able to do business. Um, I, they're also, you're, you should be looking at, at some, at a couple more restructures that are possible, but I don't think they're going to happen anytime soon. Cause if you look, the Steelers have restructured Cam Hayward and Derek Watt. They have not restructured Chris Boswell and Stefan Tuitt. Those are the only players eligible for a restructure. And the reason they haven't done the, the have done the two that they have and haven't done the two that they haven't is because of which CBA their contract was signed under because Cam Hayward and Derek Watt were both under the new CBA. They're, they All their stuff takes into account if the NFL adds a 17th game. The other two guys are under the old CBA, which means it, that they are, they are due to get paid from a fund from the league that doesn't come out of the Steelers, doesn't come out of the salary cap, for a 17th game based on their base salary. So if they restructure and drop their base salary down to the league minimum, which means they would not be eligible to get paid for an extra game because of the way they do things, um, they're they're going to lose money. Like Stefan Tuitt would lose over half a million dollars if he just does a full-out restructure right now and then later the NFL adds a 17th game for next year. That's how much he'd be missing out. So that's probably what's holding those up more than anything. But um, back, back, to our, back to the signings, you've got Cameron Sutton. So Cameron Sutton signs signs a deal with the Steelers um, on Monday night, and his deal was worth exactly, I, I got to remember <laughs> what the total was, exactly $9 million for two seasons. It's basically a prove-it deal. Not exactly a prove-it deal, but it's a, hey, I can let, let's do this two-year deal, and next year the Steelers could would be set up to do an extension um, if everything works out in, in the right way. If not, and it doesn't work out at all. The Steelers are only on the hook for half the salary because he's got a $1 million base salary this year. And then it was three and a half million dollars in, um, in a signing bonus, which dropped his salary cap number to $2.75 million for this year. And it'll be 6.25 next year, but you got to remember the salary cap is, should go up. And then you got that base, that, that base salary that is, that if, it doesn't work out, then you have less than a $2 million dead money hit. If something, if something fell apart there, I don't think that's going to be the case because um, they know what they were doing. They were signing Cam Sutton for that. And it's under a $3 million cap hit his with roster displacement. He only added 2.09 million to the, to the salary cap of what the the Steelers were, were dealing with. Then there was the other signing that the, that the Steelers um, re-signed 
Zach Banner. I thought it might be another one-year deal like he did last year, which was a prove-it deal. He got a better payday than what he did last year. And I think that was based off the fact that he won the starting job, even though he only got one game in last year before he was injured. But Zach Banner got a two-year deal worth $9.775 million. And but the majority of it, five million of that, not even ten million dollars, is his base salary next season. So if things don't work out this year, the the Steelers could be out of it for for and and only cost not even half of what he signed for. So be, because it was the signing bonus was uh, was it three point two five million dollar signing bonus to go with a base salary of $1.525 million gives him a salary cap number for 2021 of $3.15 million. So, which was just around two and a half million. When you look at roster displacement, um, just under two and a half million. So the Hulk, he is back in Pittsburgh next year, uh, competing for one of the starting tackle jobs. It's just him and Chooksakor for as the only tackles that were on the 53 last year that are on there. Now the Steelers do have four um, practice squad tackles that are, that are also on the roster, but I also think the Steelers aren't done making moves. So that was the moves of the Steelers additions. Then you have the Steelers subtractions. The first one I want to just bring up is to say, yes, unfortunately the Steelers uh, did cut Vince Williams. I say, unfortunately, not because I think it's a bad move for what they're wanting to do defensively. It's I. There's players that you cheer for, and there's players that you pull for. And Vince Williams has been one of those guys. He's a he's a hardworking guy. Go out there, give you his all. Gave eight years to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Unfortunately, when it comes to things at linebacker. Don't even know that Williams would have been a starter next year. And you were talking about a $4 million base salary that they were able to save uh, versus, you know, the signing the exclusive rights free agent tender by Robert Spillane, which only came come to not even a million dollars. So it's kind of one of those cost above replacement that you didn't even know if it was going to be Spillane or Williams and, and everything. Um, once we get all the players, I'll, I'll circle circle back to, to something with them that I know that some people are concerned. But the Steelers, they saved the $4 million. They took just over a $3 million dead money hit um, from that with Vince Williams. But it did you know, reduce the salary cap, $4 million. So you had those. Then you've got what has everyone up in arms, and that is the losses by the Pittsburgh Steelers. And... They're a little bit disheartening at times, but at the same time, only honestly, really only one of them to me was expected or sorry, unexpected, unexpected. I almost messed that up. So the first one that was, that was expected was one Alvin Bud Dupree. Um, Honestly, he's the, he's the biggest unrestricted free agent contract that has been signed so far. And this is through the start of the league year on Wednesday. I know it's Thursday morning. I'm recording Wednesday night. There could be something bigger. Now, I know some of you are like, wait, whoa, whoa. I've seen some bigger contracts out there. My goodness. What about, uh, I I think it's Trent Williams in San Francisco had a huge deal. Um, I don't remember the specific numbers of that one, but I'm talking unrestricted free agent, which is someone who will count as a compensatory free agent. 
meaning they will count towards the compensatory formula. Player or team signing players that were under contract for them last year, not talking about those type of players. Players that were cut and were street free agents, like a JJ Watt, um, who was released by his team, they that doesn't count. He's not going to be a compensatory free agent. Bud Dupree is the biggest one so far. He signed a five-year, $82.5 million contract with the Tennessee Titans. So that's $16.5 million per season. I have not seen an exact breakdown of Dupree's contract yet. That's one that I haven't that I haven't seen. You know, I know there's some been reports of how much of it was guaranteed. Well, I haven't been able to look at what the yearly base salary is for that. But frankly, if the Steelers are going to be play, paying that kind of money, it's going to TJ Watt. And yes, you have, you know, Watt and Dupree really did give you a really great tandem on the outside linebackers. But you've still got to look at that cost above replacement. And that is Alex Highsmith is there and waiting a next man up. And it kind of made sense that the Steelers could not match that kind of deal. Although they did say they wanted to keep Dupree for that much. I understand why they couldn't. And you know what? Kudos to Bud Dupree. If, like I keep saying, if the Steelers are going to lose players, I want them to make lots of money to help give the Steelers better draft picks. Another one for Monday that was really surprising was um, guard slash tackle Matt Filer. Um, I'd have been interested in the Steelers keeping Filer but moving him back to tackle. I was all for the Steelers moving him to guard last year. I was fine with that because that's where he started off. And I felt that that's where the Steelers had a bigger need because you didn't know what you had in Kevin Dotson. I kind of wish that the Steelers would have would have brought him back to tackle during the season when it seemed like um, that might have been the better place for him. But they didn't. Filer moved on to San Diego, not San Diego, the Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> I'm always going to call them San Diego. And he got a three-year deal worth $21 million. So that means he's going to be a you know, be a $7 million a year um, compensatory free agent. The breakdown of, of his is he's he has a salary cap number of five million dollars this year, seven and a half million dollars in 2022, and eight and a half million dollars in 2023. Um, so he signed for it was a six million dollar bonus. He has a three million dollar base salary this year, um, five and a half million base salary next year, six and a half million base salary the following year. That's the way it was structured through the Chargers. This honestly, the Steelers. For for Filer, that was going to be too rich, um, and that's why he um, was off. So you know, to greener pastures. Then you had a, had two more come around on Tuesday. One of them was one that you know some people were really hoping it, it would stick around was Mike Hilton, and unfortunately, it just got to be too expensive to keep Mike Hilton. Um, he ends up signing, unfortunately, with the Cincinnati Bengals, um, and he got. Um, four, four years, 20, I'm pretty sure it was $24 million. He, you're, you're looking at, um, about just about a $6 million per year contract is what, is what he's looking at. And his cap numbers are actually all still pretty close the way, um, year by year. Um, it was $5.375 million, um, this year, 5 million next year, 6.05, um, 
in year three and almost seven and a half in year four. But he's got some roster bonuses, some per game bonuses, some workout bonuses that he has throughout his salary with the Bengals. So um, I'm a little bit worried for Mike Hilton because Mike Hilton is one of those special guys that he's going to be great if you use him properly. And I don't know that the Bengals are going to do that. That's the big question mark there. Are they going to utilize him? If he'd gone somewhere like Baltimore, I'd have been like, oh man, the Steelers have to play against him. Baltimore's going to know how to use him. Cincinnati, not so much. Um, I'm not feeling the same way. But the biggest, in my opinion, the biggest loss for the Steelers so far, not the biggest loss, but the most surprising loss for the Steelers right now is that they lost starting nose tackle Tyson Alualu, who went back to the Jacksonville Jaguars, who drafted him um, way back in, oh my goodness, why am I trying to remember? Um, in 2010, he was the 10th overall pick in 2010, um, to the Jacksonville Jaguars. He went back on a two year, $6 million deal, which only counts 2.4 million against the cap this year. And then 3.6 next year. The only thing that's different with Alualu than what the Steelers normally do is he has like a workout bonus and uh, next year he has some per game bonuses and stuff like that. But it's really more about that. I'm like, is there any way that he would have stuck around with the Steelers for the same kind of deal that would have cost the Steelers, you know, under two and a half million dollars this year um, in a two year deal. That's one that surprised me. It might've been because, you know, he's 34. The Steelers are like, maybe not. Uh, maybe the Steelers are happy with what they have backing him up in Isaiah Bugs and Carlos Davis. I know us as fans don't see as much with that yet because we didn't have a lot to see last year. So that's going to be one that, that, that that's one I think that's stinging the most with the Steelers, with Steelers fans right now. They're like, Oh, you lost Alo Alo. But in all, you look at those numbers and you're like, the only contract of players that I feel that the Steelers could have possibly kept was Tyson Alualu. They could have made that work if they wanted to, but maybe Alualu didn't want to stay because you just don't know. But if you're looking at it, um, and I ran this article behind the steel curtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. It ran on Wednesday uh, where I went through where the Steelers are standing right now at this point with compensatory picks, they've got a third rounder graded right now with Bud Dupree. They've got a couple of fifth, no, one fifth rounder with, um, with Matt Filer. Um, then there was Mike Hilton, who's projected to be at the beginning of the sixth round and Tyson Alualu, which is at the very end of the sixth round, a meaning of all the, all the different players in those rounds right now. Um, the way things play out as free agency continues, that Alualu pick might not even be in the top 32. So, but it also depends on how much players play and things like that next year. So you got to remember the, the Steelers lost those players, but combined zero pro bowls. I mean, it's, I mean, even Bud Dupree is being the number one um, compensatory free agent signed so far, no pro bowls. So, which is, which, is kind of interesting. So those are the numbers. I just wanted to at least throw them out there to you. I know that was a really long first part, but definitely wanted to let you know what all those exact numbers were with salaries, why the Steelers couldn't match the ones that they couldn't match, that it just seemed to be too much, how the, how the numbers worked out for others. Remember, 
B.J. Finney does not count in the compensatory formula for the Steelers because he was a street-free agent, so that's not a good thing. But we're going to take a quick break, come back, answer you your question, and um, then let you all get on with your Thursday. So check out these messages, and I'll be back in just a moment. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. And we're back, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, with the conclusion of Steelers Stat Geek. This is BehindTheSteelCurtain.com co-editor Dave Schofield coming at you with some crazy numbers. Man, there was a lot of talk about those contracts of uh, of the players the Steelers lost, the players the Steelers signed. There's going to be plenty more of those come uh, as they come out. So uh, the Steelers are nowhere close to being done. I mean, free agency really just started. It really did. Um, so for those people that are, you know, ready to jump off the ledge. No, just hold on. There's still a lot to be done. And this is generally what the Steelers do. Let the frenzy go and then come in and say, oh, no one offered you a big deal. Here's what we have. So, uh, and they even still have the possibility of that with some of their own players. Like, I'm not saying they're going to sign them, but other ones that people were expecting to, to, to go were like James Conner, Juju Smith-Schuster, Alejandro Villanueva that at the time of this recording have not signed anywhere else. So here's the question that I was asked to get away from all the Steelers free agency and everything, getting into a little bit of Steelers history. And this comes from Boingum Chuck. I think I said that right. I'm not sure. Uh, there was an email sent to me and said, been curious about this for a while. So he's like, and, and it's a sad one. He's like, but since you like stats, I figure I'll let you look it up. And trust me, this took a lot of digging. I mean, so the Steelers in their last three playoff games gave up a total of 129 points. They gave up 48 to the Browns that um, this year in 2017, they gave up 45 to the Jaguars and their last game of 2016, they gave up 36 to the Patriots, 129 points in three games. And the question is, is that the most points ever given up by a team in three consecutive playoff games? Now, I will be honest with you. I had to cut it off somewhere. I could have gone back to the Super Bowl area, but, era, but I just cut it off at the merger, 1970, from 1970 on. And I went, and I'm going to tell you a little bit of my method of how I, of how I came about trying to find this. And I was looking for teams that had given up um, – 30 or more points in, in three consecutive playoff games. I started with that basis to try to find some stuff. I even dropped that down as far as 25 points to then see if over the course of three games, if there was enough to hit that 129 threshold. Then the other thing I did was I went back and looked at every playoff game in which a team surrendered more or equal to or more than 50 points and then checked any of their, you know, how it, each one of them fell in their scheme of everything. It took a lot of digging and a lot of figuring out of stuff. And I was writing down every team that 
in over a three game span gave up a hundred or more points. And I just stopped after a while because I'm like, there's too many of them. There was going to be like 20 or more. So I just kind of stopped. And then I made sure that I was at least getting everything that was over 110 points. So here's what I have that the Pittsburgh Steelers from 2016 and 2020, when they surrendered 129 points in three consecutive games is the most in NFL history since the 1970 merger. Unfortunately, not only that, it's the only one that's been over 120 points. They're the only one in the 120s that I could find. But there is a couple tied um, 12 points better. The, the next closest I found is 117 points in three consecutive games. And that came from the 08-09 Cardinals that gave up um, three straight games in the 40s. And then the other one was one that I really had to dig to find this one. But it was the 1998-99 Miami Dolphins. Because if anyone remembers Dan Marino's last game, they gave up 62 points to the Jacksonville Jaguars, which which caused their total to get up to 117 in three games. It was, which is interesting because one of those games, they only gave up 17 points, but it was 62, 17, and 38. So that was not a good stretch. Um, then the 1976 to 1987. Yes, I'm serious. 76 to 87 was the stretch it took to get three playoff games from the Baltimore slash Indianapolis Colts. They gave up 115 points in the three game stretch there. But notice that is more than a decade because that's how long it took for them to actually play three playoff games. So then the, the 08 to, to, to 2011 Seattle Seahawks had a stretch of 113 points over three games. Um, then there was a couple of them that were over 110. Uh, the Denver Broncos from 04 to 05 was 111. And the Colts in 2012 and 2013 gave up 111 over those stretch. And what's, what's interesting is the number of teams on this list that I ended up coming across where one of those games was actually against the Steelers. Um, which I, I find, you know, there, you know, there were some some Denver ones in there. Denver, Denver had another one that was over a hundred that was from uh, 2011, 2012, um, but we don't want to talk about that one if we, if you know what I mean. So, um, yeah, it's when, when you're talking about giving up more than a hundred points in three straight games, it's pretty common in the playoffs. But the 129 is the one that re- that really gets you. And 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 what's so sad is. Granted, in 2017, the Steelers were not known as a fantastic defense. They were not. And in 2016, they, they weren't um, as much either. But and in 2017, what kind of started a little bit of revamping of trying to build the defense back up because it was, you know, that was all about that, the, you know, the, the killer bees and the Steelers offense. And yeah, they gave up 45 points to the Jaguars, but they scored 42 and, and things of that nature. Um, but the one that was disheartening was the one that was the most, and it was the, the 48 this past year. Now, it's not just on the defense when it comes to surrendering points. Uh, we know this because in both of the last uh, of the Steelers' last two playoff games, they've give the offense has given up points. So that's never a good thing. But the offense giving up points and the offense having you know five turnovers against the Browns, that still didn't all lead to 48 points. You know, um, so there was some definite issues going on there. 
not the right time of the season to have your worst defensive performance. Not the not not the best time of the of the season to to throw the, the most interceptions in a game. It was kind of like a you know when you're wanting to be hitting your stride is not when you want to turn around and be playing your worst football. But um, the most important thing from that is for the Steelers to move on from it because there's nothing they can do to change it. That's part of their history now. That's where they stand. Um, and now this team, they just got to do what they can, especially defensively, to move forward and not have that kind of performance in the postseason again. So, um, and that is the eternal optimist in me looking at that. So uh, with that, I wanted to, uh, once again, thank you for the submission. I'm always looking for questions. Please feel free to reach out to me on Twitter at STLR Superfandad. Um, or if you want to email, it's the same STLRSuperfanDad at gmail.com. Um, email, reach out to me on Twitter. I'm always looking for the questions that you all have because it doesn't do me any good to sit here and talk about a bunch of numbers to hear myself talk. I want to know what you all want to know. So thanks for joining me today. Hopefully we're, we're ready to see some more um, additions to this Steelers 2021 roster coming up soon. And as I always say, thanks for geeking out. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.